Good morning, everyone. Welcome to uh, Church in the Valley. We're really glad that you're here uh, to worship with us this morning. Like the video, uh, just let you know, we're continuing our message series called Everything. And in this series, we're looking at uh, who God is and why that matters for life, why that matters for the decisions we make, for the things that we say, and for all the things that we do. And oftentimes, we can approach God and specifically the scriptures and usually look at that like, what kind of knowledge can I glean? What are the things I need to learn? But when you dig into the scriptures, you actually learn that as you learn more about God, it's actually supposed to not just be something that is kept in the, the recesses of our head, but actually is translated into our perspective and what's important to us. And in turn, that translates into what we do and what we don't do. And so we're really approaching this series to look at why, why is this stuff actually important? Why do we spend time looking at the character of God. So we're going to dig into that uh, in just a moment. Uh, but I wanted to give you guys a update on the Barrett family. And um, we've had a lot going on this past year. Uh, as you know, we have been uh, shifted over to the Alhambra campus. We launched that one year ago. Last week, we actually celebrated uh, the one-year anniversary. And so we want to give a hand to that. God has been really good. And uh, last week, it was really fun. We looked back at the Alhambra campus and just looked at what God had done uh, over the past year. And people that had come to the church that had never been able to come had it not been launched. And people in groups and people that were helped and people that have been learning more about what it means to walk with God. And so uh, it's been really fun. It's been a fun year to see really how God has provided. God has come through. And a lot of times you start with an idea and faith is, God, help this to work. And we really hope it will, but we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And looking back, God has really been faithful, just bringing the right people at the right time, uh, providing financially, providing all the people we need to actually accomplish the new campus. And the same is true here at the Diamond Bar campus. But since uh, my role shifted in September, I focused more on really 75% of my time in the Alhambra campus trying to figure out how do we grow there, how do we continue to grow and to reach people that, that don't know Jesus. And so uh, this past week, we actually um, found a house and we're going to be moving to Alhambra. That's been one of the things that we have been praying through. Um, how do we kind of make the most of this opportunity in this new campus and at the same time be in the place where we can actually do life with the people in the new campus? And we've been living in Ontario. And if you've ever been to Ontario and if you've ever been to Alhambra, they're actually kind of far. And there's things in L.A. called traffic. And what we realize is it's really there's this great divide from the people that we're trying to reach and where we live. And so we've been praying uh, if God would make it clear that we should move and the timing on that, what that should look like. And as I was spending some time with God one morning, I really got this clear picture from the scriptures as I was reading the book of James. This idea of life, life is short. And I was reading and it says, you know, what, what are you worried about in, in James 4? And it says, you say, you know, this day you're going to do that or tomorrow you're going to do that. Um, you're just a vapor or you're just a mist. You're, you're here today and then you're gone tomorrow. And God really used that to just speak to me to say, you know, this, uh, this new campus that God has provided is a tremendous opportunity. And in the scheme of life, you look at things like, should I do it? Should I not do it? But when you do life with Jesus, you see things and you see him moving and you get to the point where you realize, I want to do whatever is necessary to make Jesus happy and to make and really to take advantage of the opportunities he brings. And so through just some quiet times and through conversations, it really became clear that we needed to, to shift uh, and move. 
And so I just wanted to start out. This is where I'm going to get choked up. I made it further than I thought, actually. That was like two minutes. Um, I wanted to give you guys the update, but also I just wanted to... um, I just wanted to thank all of you. For the investment you guys have made and the love that you've shown. And this isn't like nice knowing you, I'll never see you again. Um, you'll see me probably next month, and hopefully I won't do this. Hug it out, guys. Um, but I, I did want to really, I wanted to honor God because it's for Him that, that we do ministry. And as a church, um, just as He leads, we, we want to always follow Him. And so I wanted to thank Him really for His work, and, and ultimately I wanted to thank Him uh, for all of you um, just for the investment not just in us, um, in our family. The first song I was bawling on the front row, and I was like, this is going to be a long day. Um, but, but also just the sacrifice that you guys have made as a campus to, to launch the new one. And you, you don't get to see get to see a lot of the fruit and you don't get to see a lot of the faces but because of you guys stepping up here and carrying extra weight and really moving forward in the midst of change and in the midst of just having to like figure out what it means to be a campus and I mean be a church in two different places I I just wanted to really express our appreciation uh, just for for all that you guys have done and from my position we're really on the front end of really seeing God's goodness uh, to us as a church. Uh, not because we deserve it, but because uh, He wants to work through us. And that's really what we want to be. We want to be the instruments that He works through. And so I just wanted to thank you uh, for all that you guys have done uh, for us personally. And we continue to look forward to uh, continuing to relate. It's going to look a little bit differently. I was driving to work. Driving to work. I was driving here this morning and like, I was sitting there and I was like, it's the last time I'm going to leave to come to the church from my house. It's the last time I'm at Starbucks. You know, the lady's like, you want water with that? You usually get water. I was like, yeah, I do. I won't see you next week, you know. And you can get into like this idea of like the last time. And you're like, this, the last time, you know. And, and the, the, the really, the last time doesn't help. It, it's really about well, what, what's to come. What, what is in front of us? What, what does God want to do here and now? through us as a church. And so that's really just the, the challenge I'm giving to myself and all of us is really uh, we have the future just right in front of us as we live in the present. And we just have to be faithful with, with all that God gives us. So just wanted to give you guys the update on that. And now I'm going to transition to the message today. It's called everything. Um, but li- like I mentioned, and even in what I'm sharing... Um, as you walk in faith and as you try to figure out what it means to actually walk with Jesus, the more you know about God, it makes decisions that you make, it makes 
the things that you face, trouble and trials, it, it makes it actually so much easier when you know the God who wants to actually know you and lead you, when you know more about his character. And God is a good God that he has actually revealed who he is in the scriptures. And we can't fully fathom and understand him because he's God and we're not. And we, we have just finite knowledge and understanding. But he lets us in on enough of who he is so we can actually trust him. And so everything we're talking about in this series is really from the standpoint of what does God want to show you about himself that actually allows you or actually encourages you to put your trust and your life in his hands? As people, as humans, for the most part, we, we are not the most trusting. We can be skeptical. We only really want to be close to the people that know us and we know them and there's this, usually this encounter that we have with God that we, we view him as being distant and far off. And we can't really trust him because we don't really know him. We don't know if he's going to actually take care of us. We don't know if he's going to squash us. We don't know if he's going to rip us off. But as you dig into the Bible, you actually find that there's this God who wants to be known. Why he has mystery to him. He's not fully mysterious. He's personal. And so last week we talked about God's power. And how his power actually gives us the resources and the wherewithal to encounter all the things that we have in our life. And that he, he's almighty. The week before that, we talked about that he is love. He's the source of love. And in our culture, in our day, in our relationships, we are always chasing this complete picture, or this hope of love that we want. We were made to be in a loving relationship. And that's... Why in marriage, as you do life God's way, you can experience this love that God has for us. But even outside of marriage, you see this picture in friendship, and you see this picture in relationships where God's love actually can take the brokenness and the sin and the problems, and he can actually turn it around. And out of his love and out of his power, things that are broken can actually be mended. The cracks can actually be put together again. And that, that's really life with Jesus. That's the difference he makes. He is love and, and He is almighty. He's all-powerful. Today we're talking about another essential characteristic of Him, and that is the fact that He is all-knowing. He's all-knowing. Now, in our, in our culture, there's one character that we, we look at with this kind of idea of being all-knowing. And a couple months ago, you saw Him a lot more in stores. And His name is Santa. Let's watch this video which claims how much Santa knows. Hey, it's getting late, and I've got these letters to deliver, and you better be getting home, too. And remember, behave yourselves, because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to. And now that you know all about him, you can be darn sure that comes snow or high water, Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not cry, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's not nice, Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. Church of the Valley, we're promoting Christmas early this year. So you, are you ready? It's, it's not even March yet. Uh, but as you encounter that, you get this picture of like, well, there, there's this 
of characteristic of Santa, where he, he knows, you know, when you're sleeping, he knows you're awake, he knows what you're doing, so you better be good. For goodness sake, there's this idea of he's keeping track. You know, parents, for many and many years, have used that to leverage the good behavior we hope at Christmas time for our kids. But it's this idea in our culture where we kind of, we hope for something like that, that we hope for something outside of ourselves that actually does know what's going on. And, you know, kids spend some of their life thinking that's in Santa. But ultimately, no human can, can bear that responsibility. That, that's God's alone. God is the only one that can make the claim that he actually does know everything. And our job is to figure out, well, why, why does that matter? And how, how does that impact me, the fact that, that he knows everything? The truth in scriptures, as you dig in, is, is that God knows everything about everybody all the time. There's this picture of there's never a time in which he is absent. There's never a time in which there's a lapse in his knowledge or his understanding. Uh, there's nothing that's too complex that he can't get his mind around. There's nothing too extravagant that he's not encountered. There's this picture of there's nothing that God faces that we experience. or There's no problem in the world that, that God cannot deal with. Not only can he not deal with it, but he, he already knows it. We don't inform God. God knows. We don't surprise God. He knows. So this, this idea of being all-knowing actually kind of shakes our understanding of, of all of life. Because there's not a part in which we kind of are separated or we're sliced off or we're in a compartment or in a box where God can't access us. We're completely exposed. We're completely seen and understood by the Almighty God who, who made us. There's a, a scripture uh, in the Psalms which kind of paints this picture of God's intimate knowledge of us. And I just want to walk through this because it gives, I think, the, the right framework for how God has used this as, as he's made us. And it's Psalm 139. You may have read it before, but let's read through this again. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. This idea of search, it's, you've explored, you know everything about me. Um, verse 2. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thought, thoughts from afar. You search my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There's this idea of wherever you go, God always knows exactly where you are. If you've ever been lost, you may have hoped, like, God, could you like inform me right now? Where am I? God always knows. He's not lost at all. And he knows all the intimate details. You're rising up, you're going down. Verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You ever wanted to say something to somebody and you think it's like really important, like it's going to be just this awesome piece of information, and they're talking and you just can't wait for them to finish so you can give them this piece of information that you just have on your tongue? You're like, Come on, hurry up and finish. Hurry up and, I'm listening. Hurry up and finish. I'm listening. Hurry up and finish. Can you be done? And then they finish. And like, were you going to say something? I can't remember. And you're so frustrated because it was like this awesome piece of information that was going to change their life. You know, God knows it. He actually knew what you were going to say and he knew you were going to forget. He knew you were going to be frustrated when you forgot it. Isn't that crazy? He actually knows what you're going to say before you ever say it. We don't even know that. 
Sometimes we say it and we're like, oh, whoa, why did I say that? God knows, actually. He knows your intentions. He knows your reasons. He knows everything about us all the time. Verse 5 and 6. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. There's this way of, we're we're not too far off from God. His hand is upon us. Verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. (coughs) Excuse me. There's this idea of knowing this information, knowing this picture of who God is, should actually, at our core, shake us a little bit. This, This picture of, how could anyone know me like this? How could anyone understand me like this? The question is, there, there is no one. There is no one except God himself. Here's some other characteristics of, of this all-knowing, this omniscience that God has. First is, uh, God's never surprised. I mentioned that. Uh, he knows every detail of our lives. Um, he has complete understanding of us. Have you ever been in a complex relationship with somebody where you just can't quite understand what's going on with them? And you kind of want to get into their head. And you kind of want to figure out what's bothering them, what's troubling them, what they're going through. And there's just this gap. There's this wall because you can't really know. They have what they tell you. You, you have what you see. You have what you experience with them. But you don't fully know what's going on. Well, what happens as you link up with God and you actually get to know God better, there's this understanding that God, through his resources, through the Holy Spirit, as we do life his way, he gives us an understanding of others as well. God, out of his infinite knowledge, actually gives us insight, gives us discernment, gives us a picture that we can cling to that we cannot have without him. And that translates into our understanding of how we relate to our kids, how we relate to our spouses, to our co-workers. There's this idea, of, since God's never surprised, since he has complete understanding, we actually, as we do life his way and as we connect with him, that can actually translate, that can actually move into the way that we relate with others, the way that we view ourselves in light of the God who knows us and knows everything about us. And so you may think, well, why does there sometimes feel like there's this gap? Like there's this distance. Why does there feel like, I know he completely understands, but why does it feel like I'm just on my own, I'm in an island, and it doesn't feel like anyone or anything, including God, can help me? And so to answer that question, I thought it would be helpful to kind of go back to the beginning of creation and kind of see what happened. Because in the beginning, God actually created this world where he fully knew, just like he does now, but without sin. And I want to talk a little bit about what did sin do to this understanding, to this idea of the God who knows us. And so in the beginning, uh, Adam and Eve, God created, and they were in the garden. And the, the picture you get from the scriptures, they were enjoying the good life of God. He knew them completely, and they were okay with that. In fact, they were naked and unashamed. They were uncovered. They're walking around just before God in a holy, pure state. There's no sin. There's no shame. There's no hiding. And then it shifts. Men and women decide, Adam and Eve decide they want to rebel. And in the rebellion, there's actually a slice of this which is linked to the God who knows everything. They decided that in the moment, God told them, 
you don't eat from this tree. You don't eat the fruit on this tree. In God's knowledge, in His wisdom, His power, He put them, you do not do that. And Adam and Eve had a choice and they were tempted by the devil. They had a choice. Do you trust that God knows what's best? Or, no. The question is, do you want to listen to the God who knows everything, or do you want to do your own thing? Now, just like today, Jesus had a way to deal with the fact that we wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to kind of claim our own knowledge, our own understanding. And through Jesus, we can connect back to God. In fact, as you listen to Jesus as he teaches, you find a lot about who God is. If you want to know who God is, you listen to what Jesus has to say about him. Jesus, really, there's gaps in our understanding because of sin. There's gaps of us trying to hide from him where we don't fully are comfortable with this idea of God knowing us. When you read Psalm 139, as I read it earlier, there's a part of us where we're like, really, he, he knows all that? You ever feel that in you? Like, he knows all those details about me? There's this thing where we kind of want to like, does he know me now as I step further back into the light? Does he know me now when I move quick? There's a part where we encounter it and we're like, that's really important knowledge, but if I had been a speaker, really no. We kind of get freaked out about that. We don't want to be known like that. And that comes from the rebellion. And we battle that. Why? I know best. I know me. I know why I did that. Why don't they understand? I know, I know, I know. Actually, we don't really know us. Like God knows us. And Jesus came to kind of reset this idea of the God who knows everything, is the only right judge. And that's where you're like, that's right. He knows knowledge. He knows everything. He's going to squash me because of what I've done. Because God is the judge. Think about it. The only adequate judge 
that can measure right and wrong is the judge who knows everything. When you go into a courtroom, a judge is always weighing the evidence and the information. He's always trying to figure out, how do we know enough? And a jury decides, do we have enough information to reach a verdict beyond a reasonable doubt? Do we know enough to kind of have a sense of what was right or wrong in a situation? Well, God is judge. There's no evidence he needs. There's no footage. There's no eyewitness account. Think about it. Someone asked God, well, what evidence do you have as judge? Well, I have exhibit everything. What, what do you mean? Oh, I know everything. But I mean, like, what really? Everything you've ever done. Everywhere you've ever been. Everything you've ever said. So Jesus is painting this picture. The God who we run from and hide from does judge. And he actually battled the religious leaders at the time because they were really trying to kind of put this strong law on the people. Put all these rules that they had to live by to make themselves right, but at the same time they were not living a righteous life themselves. And this drew Jesus nuts. He could not stand this. And you find this. The biggest confrontations Jesus had were always with the religious leaders. Because they were trying to impose judgment themselves. And he came to say, God is the only judge. He's the only just judge because he knows everything. He sees everything. In fact, Jesus, he, he taught the scary side of this truth that he knows it all. Matthew twelve thirty six. This is an encounter that he was having with the Pharisees and they were being hypocritical and, and Jesus just decided, I'm, I'm going to challenge them. He says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. If you're like me, you, you know, you think about that person that hurt you about 13 years ago and you've never quite been able to get over it. You think they're going to be held accountable for that word. And then you think about the time that you said that to somebody and you're like, I'm going to be held accountable for that word. We love it when it affects us, when it helps us, but it's also freak, you know, it freaks us out when we think of all the things that we've said. Because I did. It's all going to be out in the known. Everyone Everything will be seen before God himself. Then he goes further. Luke 12, 2-3. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He's basically saying that their hypocrisy is, is like this leaven. It's this idea of it just expands inside of them and this is who they've become. They want to judge. They want to act like they know what God knows. They're, they're hypocrites. They're spreading contamination. He goes on, nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. Now, if that's not just the craziest picture you've ever seen, if you've ever told anyone a secret, and you're just like, okay, you cannot tell anyone. Did you know that this person did this? The scriptures get in this picture like, to think that we can hide by putting a hand over our mouth, to think that that can actually be hidden from God, basically saying, you might as well just say, do you know they did that? From a rooftop. It's crazy talk. You can't hide or whisper from God. He sees it all. He knows it all. 
And in Hebrews chapter 4, there's this other picture which you know, just gives you this, like, oh my goodness, this is, this is real. This is from an early follower of Christ, and he said this, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give account. All of us here today and everyone in the world, wherever they are, will face God the judge. He knows the good. He knows the bad. He knows the ugly. He knows the deceit. He knows the help that we've given. He knows the good, the helpful things, the truth. He knows it all. And we cannot hide. And if you've been investigating what it means to follow Christ, this is a really helpful idea about God. Because God's not just here to be our friend as much as He is our judge. And His knowledge links up with His power. And His power links up with His love. And all the characteristics of God, He is those things at the same time. The good news is he actually uses his knowledge for our benefit. And that flows out of his love and it flows out of his power because he can. So why, why does this matter? It matters because we actually have a judge who helps us get ready for the judgment. If you encounter and you think through the things that you've done, things that you've said, things that people have done to you, the things that people have said to you, there's a part of us which we kind of, there's fear there. Or there's frustration, or there's anger, or there's pain, there's hurt. It's all wrapped in. But through the person of Jesus, as he was connecting the dots on who God is, he also gave us a way to face judgment, to not deserve the death that, that we all do deserve. Through Jesus, we actually have hope despite what we've done, despite what we've thought, despite what we've said. Check out this verse. This is in Hebrews. I just read Hebrews 4.13, this idea of no creature is hidden from God's sight. Verse 14 says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. It's basically saying, as you encounter the fear that comes from the God who knows everything about you, the confession is, but through Jesus, I will not be crushed. Through Jesus, I have help. Through Jesus, I have hope. That's the confession. Despite the things that well up in you, the shame, the lack of power, the fear, the confession is through Jesus, I have hope. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. He's been tempted like we are, but without sin. So he's not going to be judged for his sin because there is no sin with Jesus. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is where you see the power and the love of God fully working with his knowledge. 
It's really this picture of the judge again. The judge has everything to convict us because what we've done. He has infinite knowledge. God himself. And because of our sin and missing the mark, we deserve death. That's what the scriptures say. So in his complete knowledge, that by itself, we have no hope. But because of his power, and through Jesus, he overcame death. And he took the judgment on himself. And through his love, we were exonerated. So the knowledge of God, linked with his love and his power, gives hope to us. We have a judge who is completely just and loving and knows everything and knows how to exactly work that out for our good. That astounds me. Because as humans, we can create very good systems within government, very good you know, relationships through the different kinds of laws, but the bottom line is we cannot provide this help and hope like Jesus can. We cannot. And really, it's this idea we, we are fugitives and we are all on trial. There's a quote that talked about this that I thought was helpful. It says, God knows the fugitive's crime and gives the fugitive a hiding place. Right? That's back to we all kind of want to be able to hide. We all want to be able to be covered by our shame. Well, that's what Jesus does in Jesus Christ. Our shame does not have to overcome and overwhelm us. Through Jesus, we can actually hide. It's not hidden from him, but he doesn't use, us, he doesn't, he doesn't use it against us. That's what it means to receive the forgiveness from Almighty God. Think about that. That's transformational. Jesus allows us to face the judge who knows everything. The second way this matters is connecting to the God who knows everything. We actually can link up with the greatest guide that's ever existed. I don't know how many of you, if I was going to ask a survey, how many of you, when you look for advice, Google it? Like, I Google every day. I mean, I do. I actually just Google because I just think, you know, this probably won't work, but this is like the fastest thing I can do right now. And lo and behold, there's like some video made like 16 months ago that talks about that exact thing. And then you get into like the other realms, like, okay, I'm not going to Google it, but I'm kind of like sick, and I have these, these symptoms, and you WebMD it. And all of a sudden, like, WebMD comes up, and there's like four possible things. The first one is always like, you could have this, go to a hospital right now. That's the one that kind of freaks me out. And then, or it's this, or it's that, and you're just like, that's not really helpful. And so, it's helpful to WebMD things, but at the same time, you like need to visit your doctor. And you wouldn't go to your auto mechanic like, hey, I got this sinus problem, like, what do you think that is in the the Auto mechanics like, well, you know, you got to go to the hospital. We want experts. And what this idea of the knowledge of God is, is we have God who wants to actually lead and guide us. And he doesn't do it out of ignorance because, again, there is no gap of knowledge. He knows it all. So when you talk about God leading us, it can be very 
cliche, like, God, I, please lead me. Or I want to follow God. I want to walk with God. That, those are actually adequate terms to show that we need to sync with the God who knows everything. We want to walk with the God that knows where he's going. We want to follow the one who actually knows where he wants to take us. We don't have sufficient information about ourselves. We don't have sufficient information about our situation, our circumstances to trust in ourselves. You've tried it. I've tried it. It doesn't work. We need the God who guides, who sees everything, knows everything in the past, in the present, and in the future. In him, we actually can have hope. And sometimes the cloudiness and the vagueness of the life that we live. He wants to lead us out of the fog. He wants to help us. I want to wrap up by reading one last psalm because I think it adequately paints this picture of who we've talked about so far in God. The fact that he's all loving or he is love. He's all powerful and that he's all knowing. Psalm 33 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. How many does he see? He sees all of them. He sees all of us. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. Okay, here's the knowledge. He sees it all. He knows us all. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. There you see his love. And then verse 19, That he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in in famine. There's his power. So he knows us. He sees us. And although oftentimes we battle to put our hope in the things that we have created, whether that's our plan, whether that's our formula, whether that's our own reflexes, In him, we can be rescued. Because he's the just judge. He's the loving father. He's the powerful warrior. As we turn to him, he brings things into existence that do not exist. And this is the help and hope that that we all long for. So as you look to God as a guide, and as you look through, how is God going to lead me? He's going to lead you, as you get to know him specifically, through the scriptures. Oftentimes we talk about the importance of reading the Bible, and this is because if you want to know God's leading and guidance out of his knowledge, it's been revealed to us through the Bible. That's why it's so important. Not because it's just helpful information, but because the God who knows everything has actually given us a picture of who he is. So as you want want to know how God wants to lead you, how God wants to move you forward, you want to make sure that you learn to recognize his voice. How do you recognize his voice and, and learn his ways? And that starts by, you, you have to read the scriptures. Just like a parent and a baby. The baby knows the parent's voice and they learn to listen to that. That's the, the role God wants to have with us. He wants us to recognize his voice, to pay attention to what he said. And he reveals it in the scriptures. And we also want to become familiar with how he guides us, how he leads. Again, the scriptures provide the, the clarity that we, we long for. And the spirit of God himself, as he 
hooks us into the new life as we do life His way. We have His Spirit that helps us know what we should do. So as you're thinking things in light of the God who knows everything, is, is your thinking in, in consistent with His Word, what's been revealed? Uh, is your thinking consistent with the way that, that God has made you? He knows you. He knows you intimately. What you're thinking consistent with that? And does, does my decision, is what I'm facing, does this involve you know, faith or serving or sacrifice? Oftentimes God wants to guide and lead you in this way. So if you're trying to figure out how this knowledge that God has and trusting Him and you're trying to wrestle with, okay, do I trust myself that I know better or do I trust God? You have to just decide in faith. When it comes to guiding your life, who are you going to put your hope in? And I know I speak for myself as I look at just the journey that God has taken me on. Again and again, as I see limitations, as I see gaps, God comes through and fills the voids. He gives the guidance. He gives the leading just at the right time I need it. And again and again, He's come through. And so I encourage you, if you've been investigating Christianity and trying to figure out who's leading your life, think about what, what are the, the hesitations that you have? Are there major questions? If you are a follower of Christ, think through, is there any area in your life where you're trying to hide from, from him who knows everything? You know, you're just trying to whisper this area of your life that you don't want him to see. And really, in reality, it's, it's just like it's being spoken up a rooftop. He knows. So just confess it to God. If there's just an area you've just been hiding. If there's something you've just been doing, just run from him. Confess it to God. Uh, Joel's going to come up in a moment and walk through some next steps that you can take related to today's message. I'm going to pray for us, and then he's going to do that. And then in a moment after that, we're going to be receiving our offering. Let's pray together. God, I I do thank you for the fact that you, you don't hide yourself from us. And although we try to hide from you, you actually do want us to know you. Uh, You want us to delight in you, discover who you are, and I pray, God, that for any of us that have just grown apathetic or just tired and frustrated of trying to figure out how you're in this life or how you want to work or how you relate, I I pray, God, that this morning um, they'll get a real sense that you are actually near, that you're not distant. God, if there's anything in us where we've just been trying to hide or we've been just trying to do things on our own, clinging to our own knowledge or expertise, God, I pray that you'll show us. And God, we trust you knowing that you do love us, you have the power to help us, and that you know everything about us. And so we we trust ourselves to you in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, we hope this has been a help to you today. And in a few moments, we are going to be receiving our offering. So if you've got uh, any other information to fill out on those connection cards, you can finish that up now. Um, And then when the ushers come around with the offering basket, you can drop that in there just in a few moments. Each week, we uh, encourage all of us to think through next steps, something that you may have heard today that you could be applying and and trying to uh, work into the fabric of your life this week. So there may be several things that, that hit you today that 
you want to think more on and see how you can apply them to life. Uh, and we have suggested next steps on uh, the back of the connection card on the left hand box on the back that you can check out. And also, if there's other next steps that aren't the three that we suggest, absolutely, um, you know, kind of focus in on those. But uh, there, there's three on the back that I wanted to go through just so we can think through them together. First is to, to read Psalms 139 um, and meditate on that this week. Alex mentioned that at the beginning of the sermon today. Um, there's some really strong verses on who God is and kind of what we can expect from him. And you may be wanting to spend time on that. So that may be one. The other is you maybe have never nailed down um, your relationship with Christ. You've never really surrendered your will and, and, and committed your life to him as, as Lord and Savior. And that may be the next step for you. And you may want to talk to someone about that. Um, and, and mark that on your card if that's, if that's a direction you're headed. The next one and the final one here that we're, we're suggesting is pray and actively seek God's guidance in blank. And so you can fill in that blank. You may be going through some difficult decisions with work this week or this month. It could be with relationships. It could be with finances. It could be just with the budgeting of your time. We've all got a limited amount of time and seemingly a lot of things to do. And you may want to seek and pray actively for God's guidance in those things or, or something else. But uh, the band's going to lead us now um, in the song during the offering. But we're going to take a minute now just to think through those next steps and what it is uh, you may want to be focusing on this week for your next step. And um, then we'll receive the offering in a few moments. Mm-hmm. 